0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Literally, I want everyone to go back and watch this. My favorite part of the entire movie, and this is like my favorite movie ever. He literally, like walks off in a huff and then plops down super dramatically like a toddler on a temper tantrum. He's like, and then Yoda raises the ship by himself. Luke rushes back, inspects the vessel to make sure it's actually real. We're back. Wait, did we just come a Poltergeist podcast? Uh, and if so, does that mean we need to sit through Poltergeist 2 and Poltergeist 3? I actually did watch Poltergeist 2, and I do not remember a single thing about it. Uh, probably not a ringing endorsement. But no, we're not here to talk about Craig T. Nelson and the entire Poltergeist franchise. We're here to do what we do, which is talk way too much about Star Wars. Uh, a few weeks back, we gave our picks for the worst Star Wars dialogue ever. Now it is time to hit the other end of the spectrum as we share our picks for the best lines of Star Wars dialogue ever. Yes, here are some. there are some gems in there as well, and we'll tell you what they are this week right here on the Dagobah Dispatch. Not only that, but we have an exclusive audio excerpt from Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars, the book by Sam Maggs that tells the events uh, in between Jedi Fallen Order and the upcoming Jedi Survivor video games. How cool is that? The answer is very cool. I am Dalton Ross, joined by Lauren Morgan and Devin Cogan, back from her one-week stay on Sunny Scarif. Uh, Devin, you were missed last week as we uh, geeked out on Bad Batch stuff.
1: I missed you guys. Yeah. Um, But I I loved listening to your guys' breakdown of, of, you know, um, big big things are afoot. We were literally just talking about, you know, the shift from clones to stormtroopers. So it was an interesting conversation to to listen to.
0: Speaking of interesting, make sure uh, to check out Devin's cover story on the new Ant-Man movie, as well as her big interview with Kevin Feige, if you're a Marvel fan. Want to check all that out? As we're recording this, it just it just sort of dropped, so it's very exciting. So, um, everyone go make sure to go check that out. Follow Devon on social, and you can get all the links to that. As for, for where Lauren Morgan is, I assume right. I mean, she is on with us, but I assume she has a second screen where she's on the Disney uh, store site. She's <laughs> she she forwarded on. She gets like emails from them. There was some sort of friends and family situation. There was a <laughs> friends
2: and family discount and I sent it on to you guys because I thought perhaps you wanted to. I didn't buy anything myself, so
0: you do, even with that twenty percent off code DisneyPal, you didn't no, get anything? No,
2: I didn't get anything. No. So that's free
0: shipping over seventy-five dollars, Lauren. I mean that's just begging you to you buy know, some extra. Oh,
2: it still bothers me that it takes that much to get their free shipping. So no, I didn't there wasn't anything we needed to get in the house, so
0: did you browse? When you got that email, did to look. 20%, you did. Brass, I did look,
2: yeah. I did yeah. look because, you know, we have uh, Easter is coming up. So I looked, but there wasn't really anything that, you know, I thought my daughter would like. So, but I did look.
0: All right. I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. Um, we're going to talk about our favorite Star Wars dialogue. We've got a an excerpt from um, the new Star Wars book. It's time with the video game. But just some some quick news. Uh, they announced uh, a little. Hey, May the 4th be with you. We'll be here in a few months. They announced uh, Star Wars Visions Volume 2 is going to start streaming that day. They also uh, announced Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures, which is, I guess, their version of like Muppet Babies or something, is going to also premiere on May 4th. And uh, I know Lauren will be watching them both. Probably,
2: yes. Very much so. I'm excited for Star Wars Visions because, uh, Cartoon Saloon, which is one of my favorite animation houses is doing something for Star Wars Visions and also Aardman and uh, uh, animation. So I'm excited about that one a lot. And I assume my daughter is just going to want to watch the Young Jedi Adventures. So.
0: Will she, or are you gonna just like put it on like under the guise of for your daughter? Be yeah, honest. She,
2: she does like that stuff. All oh, the one thing, though, it does seem like it's more preschool based, and she's now like seven or eight. So. Well, that's why I ask. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but we'll check it out. So we'll see. She does like all the Lego shorts that they did. So perhaps,
0: if you did not have an elementary school age child in the house, would you check out Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures?
2: Ah, uh, yeah, probably because my husband and I watched. We had a, owned a lot of animated movies even before we had a child. So once we had a child, we were like, well, we have a lot of animated movies already. So you know, so so whenever she wants to watch live action, we're like, do we have to watch something live action? So we we're, we're just an animation animation heavy household.
0: All right, I'm just gonna keep it real. We just had like a re- like a recording a technical issue so we 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 lost some of the the uh what we were discussing, which is basically Lauren making fun of me, yes, because this week <laughs> is the episode of the Bad batch uh that I mistakenly watched a month ago, thinking it was on a month ago, and Lauren was making fun of me because they blatantly in the episode say, like, oh, yeah, yeah, echo left, he's out of here, and I still didn't pick up that <laughs> you were
2: watching the wrong episode, <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, I thought it was just poor writing on their part. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Yeah. You're like, this doesn't make sense. Uh, Bad Batch has <laughs> really then gone downhill. And you accused yeah. me
2: of watching the wrong episode. <laughs> yeah, I was really adamant about it, yeah. too. I'm like,
0: Lauren, you're so dumb. You, know. you watched the last episode. What's wrong with you? <laughs> okay. Uh, so a few weeks back, we talked about... We all gave our picks for the worst Star Wars dialogue uh, ever. And th- <laughs> there were plenty of options. Uh, so, but listen... There's obviously been some great, very famous Star Wars dialogue. In fact, as I would say, uh, I don't know if I I don't want to step on anyone's toes if this is what they picked as their favorite. But like, I would argue maybe one of the most famous lines in all of cinema history with I am your father uh, comes from from Star Wars. And there are obviously several other ones as well. So we thought we would we would uh, pay homage to some of our favorite Star Wars quotes and lines of dialogue. I know we each got about two picks. Uh, here so we can just kind of go around the horn and talk about some of our favorite lines and and why we love them so much.
1: And uh, Devin, why
0: don't we give you a first crack at this and you can reveal one of your uh, favorite pieces of Star Wars dialogue.
1: Ooh, I'm up first. Um, well, it's Valentine's Day as we're recording this. Um, so I had to go with uh, some of the greatest romantic dialogue uh, in the Star Wars universe. Um, we talked... Uh, Last week, we talked about some of the really bad romantic dialogue um, that this series has given us. Um, and so I wanted to, to, to give us a little, a little bit of a redemption and, and talk about some of the, the, good, one, the good stuff. Um, I think, do we have a clip that we can, we can play? You
3: like me because I'm a scoundrel. There aren't enough scoundrels in your life. I have been like nice men. Nice men? Very nice. Very nice.
1: Incredible. We love the swelling music. We love the performance uh, by Carrie and Harrison. Uh, we, we love everything about Empire Strikes Back. I, I have a feeling that probably there's going to be a lot of Empire Strikes Back on this list. You know, you mentioned um, I Am Your Father. Uh, I'm assuming we might have a little bit of um, Yoda in there somewhere, but, but I had to go with this one. I mean, come on, it's iconic. Just like the it's it's so good. The banter, everything about it is incredible.
0: My my favorite part is that I happen to like nice men. That's my favorite. That's like, that's my favorite. And he, line he's like so extent. hurt,
1: he's like, I'm nice men. Yeah. Like like it's oh it's incredible. It's like obsessed. I, I, and then
0: and then you we should have left in C3PO coming in to like ruin <laughs> yeah. the entire yes. moment. Just completely uh, like C blocking the entire <laughs> situation. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he's there very good go at always where you don't want him to be so you know yeah. yeah
0: it is it is we talked about this and listen we gave the padman anakin dialogue a lot of slack because it's really really bad um we talked about some of the issues i've had in, in some of the books with some of the romantic dialogue just sort of not being up to snuff but it it it's all gangbusters and empire. I mean, mm-hmm. it's so great, those two. I mean, the lines, the acting, just it all works so well together. And it's like really I mean, I'm not gonna say they invented it. Clearly it was in things before, but like I feel like even since then, it's become such the cliche of like the two people that like hate each other and can't get along but Enemy secretly are super into yeah. each other. It's like every rom com that's been made in like the past twenty years. Um, but it's so good, Devin.
1: It's so good. I mean, I totally agree. It's it's an old, old, old trope, you know, going back to its Beatrice and Benedict from from Much Ado About Nothing. But it's it's like it is. I mean, I I think you would be hard pressed to find like a scriptwriter or a um you know a, a book writer who you know writes about a a will they won't they kind of enemies to lovers you know trope that doesn't lean on Han and Leia because it's oh, it's so good, iconic. 10 out of 10 Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's great um lauren anything you want to add to that
2: no i was actually thinking about this one myself but i thought devin might take it so i went (laughs) went another way so
1: (laughs) that's the thing when i was narrowing down this list i was like okay i have nine thousand options to to choose from and so maybe at the end of this we'll we'll run through some of the 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 honorable mentions but you know we i i had to get a little empire strikes back up top
0: 100 uh all right lauren What's your first uh, go-around for your favorite Star Wars uh, quote? Okay, mine is
2: from Rogue One. So um, if Sammy wants to play it.
0: I'm one with the Force. The Forces with me. I'm one with the Force. The force, is with on. the force is
3: with me. I'm one with the Force. The
0: Force is with me.
2: This was literally, when we started talking about this, this was the first line that I came up with. Um... Uh, I love this line. It, it it has not just shown up in Rogue One. It's shown up in other places. It's shown up in the Clone Wars. It's shown up in some of the Star Wars novels. But this not this this line is like every time I hear it, I'm like, I love this line. Um, and you know, and it just started out with Rogue One. I remember watching it in the theater, and I was just like, oh, that's a great line, because it's just so much about like you know, I mean, I've mentioned in the past that I love the Force. I love everything having to do with the Force. I love the the mystery behind the force and stuff like that, and just even you know Jared's not a not a Jedi, but someone who sort of believes in the force so strongly and that moment at the end where he's basically going to his death but is still invoking the force, I just thought that was such a powerful thing, so this is one of my favorite Star Wars lines ever.
0: It's great I mean uh, Devin Cogan is a certified rogue one hater uh, hey, okay. I- <laughs> and the thing about it is the thing about it is, devin's. Devon's problems with Rogue One are on point. Yeah, no, I mean she's not funny. she's not yeah. a flawless movie. she's not wrong. My
1: my thoughts about Rogue One are as follows. Um the first half is rough. Mm-hmm. It is a slog. I think the last third, the third act is flawless. Some of the best stuff that Star Wars has ever done. Um and I think this line and specifically, you know, Donnie Yen's character Chirrut is like flipping fantastic. I love everything about this. I love this sequence. I love this line. I love everything that happens on, on Scarif like, yeah, this, you know, so I am a, uh, I think that people, when they talk about how great Rogue One is, they forget the first two thirds of the movie. Um, and they only think about the last third, which is fantastic.
0: I'm, I'm partly with you. Uh, like, I agree with you that the stuff on Jeddah is a mess. The Saw yeah. Gerrera stuff's a mess. I actually like the beginning of the film, and I like the whole Galen or so, and when he gets shot. So I think I think there is stuff that works earlier in the movie, but I agree that they're they're not everything.
2: I feel like you can see a lot of the seams of what was going on behind the scenes when you watch the movie, and especially if you're in like art industry where you know how much was going on behind the scenes. And I remember just watching it in the theater going that shot wasn't in the trailer. Where is that shot that yeah. was in the trailer? And so, right. but the further I'm getting, I get away from it, the more, the more I like it. But Donnie Yen's it's, character, I just, you know, I, I love him. So, yeah.
0: It's one of me my too. like top five pop culture wishes is to see the original Oh yeah, cut me of too. 1. Yeah, I'd love I to would see what oh, yeah. happened
2: to the original version.
0: Not that I think it's gonna be any better. No. I just, I'm just so curious about, I mean, they because I remember talking to them about it when it came out, they actors were like, oh my God, like this wasn't just reshoots. Like we basically redid the like entire movie. huge swaths of the movie. I, I'd love to see redone. the
2: original version of Rogue One and the original version of Solo. Cause I'm really curious about what was going on yeah. with those two. So
0: yeah, me too. Yeah. Release it, the Lord Miller cut. Yeah,
2: yeah.
0: <laughs> Listen, it's a great pick, Lauren. Mm-hmm. He's a great character. Uh, love that moment. Um, and um, obviously super dramatic and I love it. It's great. And I'm with you. I'm all into the force as well, so it's good. Speaking of the force, Mm -hmm. uh, that'll take me into uh, my first selection. And you know, I was thinking about this. A lot gets made about how whiny Luke is in A New Hope. Uh, You know, complaining about power converters and what have you. But I really feel like we shouldn't underestimate how whiny he is at parts of the Empire Strikes Back (laughs) as well. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's got this sullen teen attitude during the training with Yoda. And it, it, it kind of then leads to this verbal beatdown of a rebuke that I love. And it sort of starts on, I'll set it up. I'll set the table and then we'll play the line for you. And Luke's being trained on Dagobah and he's got sort of, he's sort of upside down and he's got rocks in the air and Yoda's up in the air. And then all of a sudden the X-Wing starts sinking down into the swamp and uh, and then he just sort of like lets Yoda just fall to the ground and he starts whining like, huh, now we'll never get it out. And like, you know, not checking on his 900 year old master, just all, all he worried about his X-Wing. And then he's all, you know, complaining, like, you know, Yoda's like, well, pick it up. And he's like, oh, this is different. This isn't like moving stones. It's too big. I can't. You want <laughs> the impossible. Like, he's just, and then there's literally, I want everyone to go back and watch this. My favorite part of the entire movie, and this is like my favorite movie ever. He literally, like, walks off in a huff and then plops down super dramatically like a toddler on a temper tantrum. He's like, Ugh. And then Yoda raises the ship by himself, Luke rushes back, inspects the vessel to make sure it's actually real, and then this happens. I don't, I don't believe it.
3: That is why you fail.
0: I just—it's so good. <laughs> it's like so good. Like I understand everyone's like loves the sort of do or do not. There is no try. Like, but like this to me, first off, it's not in like weird backwards speak. Uh, and second of all, it's just like a great punctuation mark to like, dude. Here's ro- what's wrong with you. Like, you just like are s- just get over yourself and and start just put your faith into something besides yourself. And I just I love that line, Devin, so much.
1: Oh, it's this is this is great. I also thought about that you know basically there's like so many Yoda bangers in like a very short period of time. Um another one that I I thought about, you know, putting on my list is I love it's kind of a like a throwaway line kind of in the um in like the big speech that Yoda gives immediately after this um about size matters not. Um but he I he specifically I love the line luminous beings. Oh yeah, already. that was on
2: my list as well.
1: I I just – I think there's such a beautiful musicality to like that phrase and um, I love that. But this one, yeah, I think the – and that is why you fail. It's just – it gets so – like you can immediately see the shift in Luke where he's like, oh, like this is – you know, he – Master Yoda is like the wisest person I've ever met. Like it is just – it's such a great – it's so good. And Frank Oz's delivery, we're obsessed. Ah. Lauren, any thoughts on that one? No,
2: that was uh, as Devin said. Like there are just a ton of bangers uh, in all of the Dagobah scenes, but like, yeah, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. That was that was very high on my list. So, but this one as well. Like, just everything he said in this uh, in this movie was iconic. Uh,
0: And this is Puppet Yoda. This is when Yoda's at his best. Mm -hmm. None of this CGI nonsense. Full on old school puppet Puppet Yoda. Yoda
2: with the uh, puppet that Frank Oz did.
0: Yeah, that's right. All right, Devin, what's your next favorite line from a Star Wars film?
1: So, you know, I was coming up with my list and I have, like I said, a very long list. And I was trying to think, you know, what I wanted to to put on this list. And I, I kind of had to do some mental math being like, okay, what are Lauren and Dalton going to put on this list? So I decided to put a line on that I adore. Um, and it's kind of a, it's, it's, Anyway, we're just gonna play play it for you. We're gonna stick with uh both of mine for are from Empire Strikes back. Um we're gonna we're gonna stick with the Empire Strikes back. No shame team in that and, game. Uh absolutely not. So um this is this is my my second pick. Why you stuck up
0: half-witted, scruffy
3: looking nerf herder?
0: Who's oh. scruffy looking? <laughs> so good. It's
1: in- so incredible. good. I I just, again, I, I was going through this whole list and I just couldn't resist getting another Han and Leia exchange in there. I love that the only thing he takes offense with is scruffy looking, not the stuck up half-witted or the nerf herder bit, just the scruffy looking. I love um the ridiculousness of nerf herder. Mm-hmm. What is a nerf? How do you hurt it? Why is that such an insult? Um, But that's just like the one that's like burned into my brain. Like as a kid, I was just like, that is the greatest insult I've ever heard in my entire life. I want to call everyone a nerf herder. It's just, it's incredible. I, you know, and, and like the musicality of stuck up, half-witted, scruffy looking nerf herder. Oh, it's just, it's perfect. It's a perfect insult. And it's it a perfect,
0: it's a perfect scene. Fun. Like mm-hmm. everything, like obviously the now sort of creepy kiss between, you know, Luke and Leia and then his reaction, right. <laughs> Han's reaction, then like Chewbacca's reaction to it, like everything in the Laugh room. Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's so great, and like it's. If you told me Devin's going to pick two scenes from Empire between Luke and Leia for best dialogue ever, and
1: "I love you, I know" is not one of them, I never would have believed it. But that's the obvious choice. But I think the reason "I love you, I know" works is because dialogue like like Nerf Herder and um, uh, you know scoundrel and- uh, lay the groundwork for that, and so I think you know otherwise you'd just be like. What, what, I don't get it. What's the, what's the, you know, um, how does he know? Uh, and so it's like, it, it, I, I, I don't know. It's I, maybe I cheated a little bit by picking two, you know, kind of thematically similar. No, um, no. Ones, no, they're both great. They're both, love, they're both classic. We love scoundrels and nerf herders, man. What can <laughs> <Yeah>. you say?
0: <laughs> the, the princess and the nerf herder doesn't have as great a ring to it as a book title as the princess and the scoundrel though.
1: That's the sequel. I'm going to pitch the sequel.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the princess and the scruffy nerf herder. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, th- those are great picks. I'll I'm sticking original trilogy um, as well uh, for my next pick, and um, it's not really the line. If you read just if you read the line, it would be fine, but it wouldn't be anything special. It's all about the delivery. Uh, you guys know I've mentioned this line before. I love it. It's dripping with like mock sincerity and faux concern, and what I love about it is like. We know he's the emperor, but who knew that like Chief Palpatine could also be such a drama queen. That's what I love about this one, because this is the scene where like Luke finally comes face to face with the the dude who turned his his dad to the dark side and he enters the room like so confident. He's telling the emperor like, you are gravely mistaken and you're wrong and and we're all going to be dead. So take that. And then like the emperor's like, NBD you know like and then he just starts uh telling you know the younger skywalker oh perhaps you uh, refer to the imminent attack by your rebel fleet and he he continues to explain how he set the whole damn thing up himself and we're gonna play you the clip of how it ends and just pay attention to the delivery on the last part of this because i just want to just eat it up every <laughs> single time take a
3: listen It was I who allowed the Alliance to know the location of the shield generator. It is quite safe from your pitiful little band. An entire legion of my best troops awaits them. Oh,
0: I'm afraid the deflector shield will be quite operational when your friends arrive. That has to be the sassiest line ever
1: uttered in any Star Wars Incredible. film. Incredible! I I just like the "Ooh, I'm free!" Like <laughs> just oh, I I like. Look, we love a scenery chewing villain performance, and this is. Yeah. Top of the list. A- A- oh, Ian McDermott incredible. really, A- A plus yeah, Ian
2: McDermott really <laughs> did know what to do with these, uh, these lines and how to just make them the most dramatic he could. I mean, he was pretty much undefeated in terms of line <laughs> delivery. <laughs> I mean, managed to it- survive the entire prequel trilogy, just knocking it out one, one after another. So.
0: He's mocking the son of a dude he already doomed to a life of misery and regret. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, like, in that, and like, even just before the last part, which is my favorite part, where he's just like the faux, like, concern is like, but like just the way he punctuates every word, like, generator <laughs> oh, or pitiful. so, so good.
1: good. Like, he hits every consonant so hard. I know. <laughs> and pitiful band. It's oh, incredible.
0: Oh, I just love it so much. He's, he's so great. I, I have another one from him later that will uh, another line we have to play but i just i love that so much it's so over the top and ridiculous it's just it's great uh um all right lauren okay your next favorite line all right, Let's we're
2: go. uh we're going to yoda but we're going to the sequel trilogy now in his uh appearance in the last jedi when he is counseling uh luke uh, af- uh about the uh issue of failure
3: Heeded my words not, did you? Pass on what you have learned, strength, mastery, but
0: weakness, folly, failure also, yes, failure most of all, the greatest teacher failure is. We are what they grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters.
2: I just loved that entire speech. And also knowing how old Yoda was and how many uh, how many Jedis he taught, you know, and how much experience he had with, you know, especially like losing Anakin to the dark side and how Luke is now worried he's going to lose Rey to the dark side. I just love this entire speech and really just about the part like the greatest teacher failure is. So I, when I was trying to, like, I knew I was going to, pick some Yoda dialogue. And this one was the one that kind of popped up for me.
0: Devin, go ahead and agree with her before I, <laughs> before I, I, I poop on this whole party. Go ahead.
1: Oh, no, I know Dalton. It's, <laughs> it's the biggest issue in our friendship, but um, I, I love this. I love this whole sequence. I, I just remember sitting in the theater watching this for the first time and seeing puppet Yoda mm-hmm. back on screen um, and having this conversation with Luke, you know, old wizened Luke um, who has grown so much from the, um you know, Tashi station power converters, you know, boy, we met thirty five years ago, and i i just i love I love everything about this, I love Frank Oz's performance, I think the idea of failure as a teacher is the kind of thing that um you could have 100% seen come out of Yoda's mouth in, you know, 1980. And I just, I I love everything about this. I I think Mark Hamill's performance is great. I think Frank Oz's performance is great. I think this is an A plus pick. I
2: just loved getting a Yoda and Luke scene again after like, you know, 30 years, (laughs) you know, know. even though I was spoiled for Yoda's appearance, because when Frank Oz showed up at the premiere, I'm like, what's he doing there? And then when he popped up on screen, I was like, that's what he was doing there. So, you know. (laughs) So anyway, tell me why you are wrong. No,
0: Dalton. I I no I, I listen, I have no problem with the quote you pulled. Yes. It's it's I, I don't think I'm as over the moon about it as you two are. Mm-hmm. It's just the scene makes me so angry and it has nothing to do with that little speech. It's how the scene begins because it's literally so dumb where Luke's going to burn it down and then, and then he,
2: Yoda does it.
0: Then, then Yoda burns it down. And Luke's like, "Why are you burning it down?" It's just stupid. Like is that supposed to be <laughs> like funny? Like and then Luke I just it's just dumb. I just I really don't like the way that scene begins. And then I'm too angry focusing on that to focus on the rest (laughs) of the scene where he gives a pretty good speech. Mm. You know, it's, it's fine. I I have no issues with that. I just, I, I hate the the beginning.
2: I I will agree. I don't like the beginning of the scene, but I do like the speech. So, you know, and I,
1: Dalton is really hung up on, but the sacred yeah, Jedi texts. It's so dumb! It's so dumb! You're getting I me. Mean. You're
2: getting I me angry on purpose. Like, you're riling me yeah, up. I like Yoda was like, I didn't even read them, so you know. And <laughs> that's that's stupid. <laughs>
0: that is so dumb. No. He's teaching the younglings. What do you mean? I didn't even read them. It's so st- you're no. I, I exactly will, I I will bear was in was the bear in the cage. Me, you know? You're riling
2: me up for no reason. This is I will push back on that level, because- level for him. You know.
1: Ugh. I will push back on that, because if there's one thing we know from, uh we just talked about it, uh, you know, Yoda on Dagobah, is that Yoda is, I'm trying to think of a- of He's a, a Chaos world.
2: Muppet. He's the original Chaos a- Muppet.
1: That's the, that's a better word. I was, I was gonna say he's a little shit. Like, he just (laughs) wants to stir up things and like, he, it like revels in chaos. Uh He is a total drama queen. He wants to like, you know, do the dramatic lift of the X-Wing. He wants, like, everything about him is Yoda is a drama queen. That's where Obi-Wan Kenobi learned it. Like, all Jedi are just the most dramatic they're like how can i make this as dramatic as possible and i love that in return of the jedi like luke is like okay i'm a jedi master now i have to be just so extra just so dramatic show up to um jabba's palace and be incredibly dramatic like everything ab- everything about it is is just it's for the drama
2: So what i did like about it is that i think yoda always knows how to get luke's goat like when luke is up in himself like Yoda always knows how to puncture it. And so that's why I didn't mind like the like, it's kind of dumb, but I didn't mind it because it's like it was basically like Yoda looking at Luke and looking at his former pupil and knowing what this is what Luke needs to hear right now. Even though he's a forest ghost, he is still teaching Luke. That's why I really just enjoyed it. It's like, you know, you know, our pupils, they grow beyond their master's.
0: I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm. I'm I'm, I'm just gonna. Just gonna move on. Just gonna move on before (laughs) I get angry. Devin was totally poking the bear in the cage. She knew what she was doing. She wanted to get me all riled up, Mm -hmm. and I took the bait. Yeah, I took the bait. Jesus, sorry. Um, it was tough getting this down to just two each. Uh, Devin, any other lines you want to give shoutouts to?
1: Um some of the other ones I I uh um was considering is you know you can't talk about Star Wars without talking about um uh I have a bad feeling about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A classic in every single every single film. Um I love um I if we're talking prequel trilogy, one of the actual prequel trilogy lines I really like is Qui-Gon in episode 1 when he says the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. <laughs> mm. I think about that one a lot, usually when I'm on Twitter. Um and then I also thought about um you know, uh sticking with the Leia theme um help me help me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you are you are my only hope. Mm. Um I love that whole speech is just so beautiful and like it's very it's very like plot heavy you know um exposition dump but i think it's like kind of beautifully written and i love um uh carrie fisher's delivery of it i don't know if you guys have ever seen but some people years ago cut together basically carrie fisher had that speech memorized her entire life and could just like recite it on demand so there's all these like videos of her reciting it like I don't know, when she's like in her thirties, in her forties. Like, for you know.
2: Drinking too, because I, I I I saw that on stage and I, I kind of recall her doing it there. But
1: yeah, like she just has it burned into her brain. And it's just like one of those things where she can just like <laughs> recite it on command. And um, so I I love that one. And um and finally, you know, we gotta shout out our boy Admiral Akbar. <laughs>
0: it's
2: a trap. Oh,
0: good one. It's a trap. Good one. So
1: uh, those are, those are my picks, uh, for, for, I mean, that's the thing. There's so many good honorable mentions. It's like the bad dialogue. There's so many good, so many <laughs> bad honorable mentions and so many good honorable mentions. What about you guys? What, what almost made the I, list?
0: I've got one more and, um, and Sammy pulled this clip where it's, it's basically, again, it's the delivery again, it's Ian McDermott as Palpatine and the delivery is just so good. And I, I figured I, I didn't want to go all old school trilogy. So I went prequel trilogy from uh, Revenge of the Sith. And it's the scene in the, like the space opera where he's sitting there just completely using and abusing Anakin. Uh, and he's talking about the dark side of the force as a pathway to many abilities some might consider to be unnatural. And he tells the story of Darth Plagueis, the wise. And here's how it ends. It's ironic.
2: He can save others from death, but not
3: himself. Is it possible to learn this power?
2: Not from a Jedi.
0: And the head turn, the slow head turn as he says it. It's so good. He
1: he's reeling him in. Mm-hmm. He's just—it's—he knows it's working. See, when you said uh, you know Palpatine, I thought you were going to go with uh, a great uh, two-word line, which is just "Do it, <laughs> do it, do it." it's so good it's but, funny, uh,
2: you know, like when i was pick.
0: talking to a bunch of people like about all oh, the prequels it seems like whenever i ask anyone about their favorite i feel like i asked jj J. abrams this and then when i asked hayden christensen and some other people like what's your favorite like prequel series scene like everyone points to that scene um it's just it's just let ian mcdermott act his ass off and it's and that's what he does it's so good I, 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 just the way that the scene begins where he tells that they leave us just, so just i just love it what a performance uh lauren you got another one
2: i've got a couple ones and then i have a, an actual clip for one of them i had uh obi-wan's who's the more foolish the fool or the fool who follows him uh, i always like that one and then this one is just a personal one from return of the jedi because when i was a kid i was always like It's like, uh, when Luke goes, the force is strong in my family. My father has it. I have it. My sister has it. And when he was saying that to Leia and like, you know, like that, you know, I know it was a very last minute thing that Leia became his sister, but anytime he does that in Return of the Jedi, I'm like, works for me. Works for me. Uh, so, (laughs) but, um, the one that I did really consider adding is from New Hope and it's a line of Hans, which we can play right now. Uh uh everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh had a slight weapons malfunction, but uh everything's perfectly alright now. We're fine we're all fine here now, thank you. How are you?
1: We're sending a squad up. Uh uh
2: negative, negative. We have a, a reactor leak here uh now. Give us a few minutes to lock it down. Uh large leak, very dangerous. Who is this? What's your operating number?
0: Uh... <laughs> conversation anyway Whoa, we're gonna
1: have company. literally how are you yeah. so
2: good i mean this is partial delivery but you know but this is uh you know i just love using that like you know everything's fine fine how are you like you know i use that one all the time so uh this is yeah, this is one of my favorite uh, parts because it just shows you know han can play being a cool customer all the time but he likes to freak out too you know he's not always the smoothest of people, so I I enjoy that one. Uh, oh,
1: the how are you is is what really elevates it from good to great. <laughs>
0: oh, that's amazing! Uh, great, great picks all the way around. Uh, I love that like ninety eight percent of our picks were from the original trilogy, but that's fine. Kind of... <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um. All right. Anything else you guys want to hit on before we get to uh? to our special exclusive clip
1: we have here? Do it. As Palpatine says. Do it. Do it. Uh,
0: We've talked right here on the podcast about how amazing the Jedi Fallen Order video game is, and we've talked about the upcoming sequel, Jedi Survivor. We've had the star of the series, Cameron Monaghan, on the show. Well, today we have an exclusive excerpt from the upcoming audiobook version of the book, Star Wars Jedi Battle Scars. By Sam Mags. We'll have the written excerpt up on EW.com, but you can listen to this excerpt from the audiobook narrated by Sean Keenan Elias Reyes. And if you watched Obi-Wan Kenobi or Star Wars Rebels, you will recognize one fearsome character who may have met his match here. A pretty delicious taste of Jedi Battle Scars is coming up right after this quick break.
3: Reaching out through the Force was second nature to Sear at this point in her life. It was as much one of her senses as sight or smell, a constant input and output from her energetic body that pulsed into the world around her, flowed through her mind, seeped out of her pores. She let her mind roll out through her palm, across the rapidly closing space between herself and the Inquisitor, into his lightsaber... And all at once, time slowed. Her nerves felt electrified as she rushed down each side of the sword, its blazing atoms searing her brain. And she willed it just enough, not too much to get her into trouble, to hold. She knew what Cal would see from where he was getting back on his feet. He would see the Inquisitor slow like he was hitting a wall of water his feet betraying his own orders to continue their forward motion. He would see the red lightsaber and its circular threat halt, frozen mid-spin, returning to its less dangerous form. He would watch the Inquisitor's sweat as he tried to push back through the Force to regain control over himself and over his lightsaber, and he would see the dawning fear on the Inquisitor's face as he realized he was outmatched. Seer had faced down Darth Vader himself and lived. She had come the closest any living soul ever had to ending the Sith's reign of terror over the galaxy. She was possibly the most powerful remaining Jedi in existence. And she wasn't going to let this punk forget it. She felt the pushback through the Force. The Inquisitor's attempt at ruining her control and bit down on her bottom lip. There was a way to end him through the Force, just like this. And it would be so easy. It would be an assured victory. To flow up from his lightsaber over his arms, to spill over his shoulders, and creep around his neck before he even became suspicious. Before he was even able to notice. All she'd have to do was curl her fingers into a claw as she squeezed the Force around his neck. She would watch the light drain from his eyes. And she would know that the Mantis crew would be safe. That the future of the Jedi Order would be one step closer to Assured. Connecting to that energy, to the dark side. That was how she'd held out for so long against Vader. She knew it, and Vader had too. But that was a slippery slope to nowhere good and Seer didn't have to go there ever again. Not against someone who pulsed back at her through the force with raw emotion, all rage and spite and lack of control. And of course, one of the ways the dark side lied to you was by trying to convince you it was the only way. For in truth, it was Seer connecting to the light again that had allowed her to defeat Vader in that moment after all. She could feel that the fifth brother was getting ready to break, but she would use the light to break him first. With a yell, Seer dropped her hand and the control over the Inquisitor's lightsaber and movement and flung herself toward him, launching herself forward with her blue blade. It took him too long to realize he'd been freed. He wasn't ready for her when she came at him in a flurry of swipes that put him on the defensive. With each clash of their weapons, Seer hit again and again matching his style almost exactly, knowing that it would disconcert him, and keep him off balance to see his own technique mimicked back at him, and more effectively. Want to finish this together? Cal was beside her, lightsaber out and up at the ready, and the Inquisitor's eyes were wide at the challenge of two Jedi at once, both bearing down on him with a ferocity he clearly hadn't been expecting when he showed up to take down Cal on his own. The Inquisitor was clearly infuriated by this development. All his energy was now focused on the fight at hand. He barely managed to dodge a swing from Cal's blade without going reeling into Sear's, and she knew they had him. If they kept on like this, they could destroy him. But Seer knew that wasn't always the way. She had to try. Just as with Trilla, she had to try. Using the same energy she had a moment ago... Seer threw up her other hand as she blocked an attack with her lightsaber. But this time, she stopped Cal and his lightsaber in their tracks. The Inquisitor paused in surprise as Cal, too, gurgled his shock from next to her, the only sound he could manage while frozen. This isn't the only way, Seer said through gritted teeth, holding back his weapon with hers, arms straining in the effort of it. You can leave them! Come back to the light! It isn't too late! The fifth brother paused for just a moment. Seer watched a shadow pass over his eyes, reflected in the red light of his blade. And then he laughed, breaking away from Seer's lightsaber, lunging backward and swinging madly toward Cal. Seer dropped her hold on Cal just quickly enough for him to throw up his sword in defense, which infuriated the Inquisitor no end. With a snap the fifth brother disconnected the two sides of his lightsaber, wielding one in each hand. Seer focused on his right, while Cal bore down on him from the left. The Inquisitor was strong, but it was two against one, and Seer could still manipulate some of his movements through the force, could still anticipate his next move before he made it. Together, Seer and Cal pushed forward, keeping the pressure on the fifth brother, meeting and matching each one of his blows with one of their own. He was outmatched and overpowered, but his stamina was endless. He met each of their hits with one of his, both of his hands moving at lightning speed, rarely reaching for the force, relying purely on his skill with the blade to try to keep them on the defensive. The question, the wondering, even for a split second was a distraction Seer couldn't afford. The fifth brother saw his moment through the sweat dripping into Seer's eyes and he took it, lunging forward with both swords as Cal rebounded from a parry. And Seer was just too slow by just a fraction of a second, and one of his red lightsabers burned into her shoulder before she could spin away. It was the worst thing that could have happened in that moment. Cal looked over in shock, worried about Seer. He was too attached, would always protect his allies over everyone else at all costs. Even if his ally told him to do otherwise, it was always going to be an issue with him. But it was also what made him so good. And Seer wasn't ever really sure what to do with that. How to handle it. And right now, it looked like it would be his own downfall. The Inquisitor threw out his hand, shoving Cal back off his feet and up into the air, slamming him into the ceiling with so much speed that Seer winced when she heard the concrete crack under the force of it. She had to make a split-second decision as Cal, unconscious from the hit, came tumbling back to the ground, and there was no choice at all, not really, even though she knew she would be leaving herself vulnerable. Seer pulled her focus back from the Inquisitor just long enough to cushion Cal's fall with the Force, to catch him and place him gently on solid ground. It was enough of an opening for the Fifth Brother to regain control over the situation, just as Seer knew it would be and there would be only one way out. Seer had less than a second before the fifth brother's lightsaber was slicing up toward her abdomen, with every intention of cutting her in two straight up the middle, ruthless and unstoppable. For anyone who wasn't Seer. Reaching deep into the Force had a feeling to it, a rush that Seer knew would be addicting if she gave into it one too many times. If she let that channel stay open longer than was absolutely necessary. It felt like triumph and glee, spice and starfire ski, like there was something telling her she was meant to feel this way and wasn't everything better like this and didn't she want to stay here forever? Couldn't she just live in this right here and never leave? That's what it felt like. There was a time when Seer would have reached out to the dark side of the forest in a moment like this. Had done so, First, to attempt to save Trilla, then to save Cal from Vader. But she knew better than to go there again. Would never go there again. Seer saw Cal hit the ceiling, watched the twitch of the Inquisitor's lightsaber as it changed course to gut her. And all she felt, all she allowed herself to feel, was empathy. Empathy for Cal and for everything he'd lost, for this poor Inquisitor. And for the night of good he was supposed to be. For herself. And the way she'd had to run from everything and everyone in this damn galaxy for her entire life. If only to save it. But most of all, empathy for even the Sith. For the people who would misunderstand and misuse their galaxy given purpose. To destroy balance in the Force. To bend it to their will alone all for the glory of power and empire and personal gain. That seemed so very lonely. Seer let her empathy flow through her, and the fifth brother's lightsaber shattered wide into its component parts. Not like an explosion, nothing so uncontrolled. It was more like an unmaking, an unraveling. Each piece of the lightsaber separating itself from the next spiraling outward into a little galaxy itself, orbiting the now-exposed kyber crystal at its core. Seer looked up into the fifth brother's shocked eyes as the tiny pieces of what was once his lightsaber clattered to the floor. She saw awe in his eyes, and in that moment, all Seer wanted was to see more. She could help this man. She could help them all.
0: Thanks to everyone for hanging out with us again this week. We would uh, also be super thankful if you would please follow and rate the podcast and tell all your friends about it. And please just take like 30 seconds to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would be awesome. You can also connect with us on social media by following Entertainment Weekly on all socials. It's at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly. Everywhere else, you can also tag and follow us directly using at Dalton Ross, at Devin Coven, and at Moore lore. Thanks so much, everyone. We'll do it all over again next week.
1: This episode of Dagobah Dispatch is hosted by Dalton Ross, Devin Kogan, and Lauren Morgan. Produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio. Edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening.